This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Hey, lovers, and welcome to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm your sex expert, Dr. Kat, and today we're going to get a little bit cheeky and kinky. And you're probably thinking, um, Dr. Kat, aren't we always cheeky and kinky? And the answer would be yes, but today is extra sauce. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to know how to dominate somebody, but just wasn't sure where to start or how to go into it without feeling awkward or weird or fucking the whole situation up. I completely get it. I have been there. And in this episode, I that this is exactly what we're diving into. I have with me this total boss babe who takes names and gives orders, Mistress Justine Cross here to give us a lesson in domination, kink has therapy, and creating your own sexual persona. <laughs> but before we get to Mistress Justine, I want to thank you all for tuning in. I want to thank you for your reviews that helped me to gain points in the podcast stratosphere. And I want to thank you for sharing with your best friend and your Instagram followers, because this helps me to help you eat, play, and sex so much better. And if you haven't already, please head to eatplaysex.com, subscribe to the show, and check out all the amazing guides that we have for you. Now to our incredible guest that we have today, Mistress Justine Cross. Mm, thank you so much for coming on here today. Yes, hi, Kat. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I literally just saw her this past weekend at this incredible event that she put on. And Mistress Justine is a professional and a lifestyle dominatrix here in Los Angeles and the owner of not one, but two dungeon spaces here. And I'm just going to pause there for a moment because I'm sure some of our listeners are like, what the fuck is a dominatrix or a dungeon? Because this sounds like a fantasy novel. <laughs> and so how would you explain what you do in a, and even what a dungeon is in a kinky little nutshell? Okay. Um, yeah, well, a dominatrix is a professional BDSM dominant. Um, I generally see clients usually in person, <laughs> not right now, um, you know, online. So I'm dominating them and carrying them through certain kinds of fantasies that we both agree to. And the dungeon spaces that I have, Dungeon East and Dungeon West, um, are private rental only facilities that are available for use for either myself, but I also rent them out to other lifestyle couples, um, productions, overnights, events. Uh, right now, of course, it's it's very limited to private couples. <laughs> you know, to, to, to don't think there's any underground parties happening here right now. But once we can have a party, it is going to be off the rail. So anyway, um, I will be there. Uh, when you rent from me, you have access to everything in the space. So all the toys and furniture and cleaning and safety supplies are there. Um, we've always been a very clean space, uh, even pre-COVID. <laughs> we had all the things that you all went out to buy. <laughs> we had them. So there you go. And it's beautiful. I've seen, you've got pictures on your Instagram, the Justine mm -hmm. uh, Cross. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And they're gorgeous. They're really beautiful. These are high end uh, furniture and you even have this beautiful sign that says, yes, mistress, Mm -hmm. which I mean, that's just to make anybody wet when they read that. Yes. Yes. That's at Dungeon East. Yeah. You haven't had a chance to come to them yet. Cause yeah, I don't know why. I don't either. (laughs) Yeah. I've been following you for a long time, actually, and even referred clients to you. And it wasn't until um, I met you through our beautiful mutual friend, uh, Dr. Amy Harwick, that I finally got to meet you in person. I was like, oh my God, I know you. (laughs) Now that moment of where we feel like we know each other on social media. And then we're like, oh, she doesn't know it. I even exist. <laughs> I know you now. It was nice meeting so many people and, you know, then, you know, cross promoting each other and, you know, sending people, you know, different ways of where they need to go. You know, I'll only know you if you reach out to me, you know, if you're a little lurker, you know, I'm not well, maybe I'd like to lurk. Okay. <laughs> And this weekend I got to experience her superpowers at her workshop and this was all digital, but it was everything about discovering your dominant persona, which was really fun, really fun. I had a, one of my girlfriends join me who is also in the sex therapy world or sex education world. And it was fun to observe her get this little like girly excitement about this. And she's like, Oh my God. We should pick out personas and we should pick out names and all this stuff. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, girl, I've been there for a long time. I'm like, I already have my persona. I already have my wigs. I have, I have multiple personas that I put on. Yeah. It's fun and to play around with names and personas and outfits. You know, that's the most fun part. <laughs> it is. And one thing that really stuck for me, if you were expressing, you know, ex- exploring this idea of personas and archetypes and how you can tap into all these different parts of, uh, of ourselves and that's still us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I've been wanting to put together a class like this for a while, but I never wanted to do a class that was like how to be a dominatrix because, well, I I don't really think that's like a safe thing to teach per se, like how to be a professional. So I wanted to tap into more like, how do you, how do you become, or how do you hone in on a dominant persona? And, you know, because there's Justine Cross and then there's like, you know, the, the real name me, um, you know, Justine Cross is very much me, but it's like an extension of who I am. You know, what I said in the, the seminar is that like my Venn diagram is like pretty closed, you know, but it's just like, you're putting on like a different, a slightly different character that is just an extension of you. That's using like, you know, the, the foundation of you, but you're adding like fun stuff like the wigs and, you know, it's, you're going outside yourself slightly because you're doing things that like real life you would hopefully never do, you know, wouldn't do. It's like, but, you know, Dom, you would like hit someone or call someone names, like obviously in a consensual way, but you know, it's different from what you would be about in like the, the, the typical, the real world. Otherwise you're just an asshole. So, yeah. <laughs> you mean it doesn't work out there? I've mm-hmm. seen it, a lot of people using it still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how does somebody, how do you discover this about yourself? So say, I, I guess, can anybody be a dominant or is this something that you discover about yourself or how do you, how do you come into that? Well, it's interesting because I felt like, and though I couldn't really obviously see people in that class, I I definitely got the impression that there was a lot of submissives and switches in the class. And, you know, I meant to tell this joke that there is this book by um, Claudia Varen, I think it's called like 
um, on being dominant or something like that. And she has a quiz in there, like take this quiz to find out if you're a dominant, a switch or a submissive. And so I go to take the quiz and I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm going to see what the answers are in the back. Like, what is this? Like, where are we getting to? And then the answers in the back are, if you didn't take any, if you didn't answer any of the questions, you're a dominant. If you answered about half and got into the back and you, and you filled out all of them, you're a submissive, you know, because it was like, you listened to orders rather than just, you know, taking them. And it was so funny because like during the class, like I said something like, you know, Oh, um, Hey, you know, if you can see my presentation, raise your hand, I can't see anyone. And then later I looked in the chat and like a bunch of people were like, raise his hand. And I'm like, guys, I can't see you, you know? So I just thought it was really funny. I'm like, submissive, submissive. And later I was talking to my partner. I was like, did you get the impression that there was a lot of like subs in the class? And she's like, yeah, I did. Um, so I kind of, um, you know, I think that some people it comes very naturally. Like for me, like it, it was very much just always a part of who I was and just felt very natural. And for other people where I'm trying to help them tap into it, um, particularly, I think um, people identify as female or non-binary, like we're not taught to be aggressive or assertive and like those kinds of behaviors are really looked down upon. So, you know, if a woman is doing something that's very forward or just you know, um, acting a certain way that's, um, very, it's, it's demoralizing. It's like derogatory, but like if a man is doing the same thing, like it's not, it's applauded. So it's like, there weren't that many male doms in the class because this is how they go about their day. You know, there were a few, but it's not, it wasn't the same. It was, you know, it was different. So I think it's just trying to have, I was just trying to think through to try to, have people try to um, tap into that part of themselves that like wants mm. to be dominant, but maybe has never um, given themselves permission to be dominant. So. That's a really good point. And this concept of permission to tap into that part of you where we have so many messages about who we're supposed to be or what's okay, what's right, what's wrong, what's not okay. I have male clients and friends who reveal to me, you know, they're like, I can't dominate her because I'm afraid that she'll perceive me as a predator or that I'm going to harm the feminine or that kind of thing. And, mm -hmm. and what would you say to somebody who finds those mental blocks that prevent them from being able to say Yeah. I mean, that? well, yeah. Well, first of all, I would say that, you know, hey, everyone has them and it's good to acknowledge them. But again, BDSM is the consensual negotiation of things that you shouldn't do in the outside real world, but that you can do in like BDSM land. You know, I always say like, well, I hope you've always been told to like not hit people and call the names. But if you are negotiating that and it is consensual between all the adults that this is happening with, then it is okay to do that. And it's like, you're unlearning. Um, you're not like unlearning a behavior per se, but you're giving your, you're giving yourself permission to understand that if someone is consenting to something, then it is okay. Um, and I, you know, there's a lot of sex shaming and there's a lot of kink shaming and we need to try to work through that, you know, all of us together. Cause everyone's having like the same problem. <laughs> yeah. So God, I just think as you're describing that, how liberating that could be when you fully give yourself permission to express something that may be primal or natural or this, you know, desire to play something out. And it's always been a no. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that like we live in a society that like, even that a lot of it is very um, sexualized, we don't put a lot of emphasis on pleasure. Um, Mm -hmm. And only recently has there been a lot of like stuff in the mainstream about self-care and like what that looks like and, and how to treat ourselves well, but like not, you know, we're barely doing things like the minimum to keep ourselves healthy. And a lot of that has to do with like our society and like the way that we're governed, but like, there's not a lot like based on pleasure and giving ourselves permission to have that pleasure. Um, you know, because it starts with like masturbation is often seen as like dirty or unclean and not okay. So it's like, you're not given, you're not, we're often not in a place where we're able to understand our own needs and desires and pleasure. And if we don't understand them for ourselves, it's really hard to convey that to somebody else. Mm, preach everyone back that up rewind listen to that again because that's really an, such an empowering statement and it's it's like that question of of uh, what do you want can be so short circuiting because we don't give ourselves permission to go there and and yet and once we and then we are holding the responsibility of actually learning what is it that you want which mm-hmm. can be a lot it's the first question I coach a lot of people and tell them what to do and I'm like look it's really easy what do you want And then like, you just go do that. And people are like, oh, it's like really hard. I'm like, well, it's not really like, it doesn't matter outside of even just like the sexual or kinky realm. It's like when I coach people on like business stuff, I'm like, okay, what do you want to happen with your business? What are the numbers? What direction do you want to go in? And if you don't know, well, then your business will never be successful. You're never going to get there because you don't know what you want. And, you know, this is like the first question we have to ask ourselves. And, you know, this is why I, you know, I I refer people back to kink for like the kink negotiation worksheet, because it goes through a lot of list of like more like the feelings rather than lists of activities like that go into Mm -hmm. yes, maybe no, because we've all seen them and like pleasure trust has one, like a card that you fill out and stuff like that. But this one is more about what do you want to feel? What do you not want to feel? What is like, um, you know, what kind of play feels good to you? It's more about like your feelings about what you want and you desire rather than just like checking off some boxes. Well, that's powerful because it's it's bringing in a, a sort of embodiment into that question versus just what do you want, which can be like, uh, uh, I don't know, overwhelmed, mm-hmm. right? But you're like, how do you want to feel? Mm-hmm. Which brings us into the body and allows us to visualize what that could look like or be like. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because like when I, when I see clients, like sometimes like they, they don't know, they just know they want to be dominated and I'll ask them, okay, well, what what made you contact me? Like what porn are you watching? Like what scenes get you hot? Mm. Because there must've been something, you know? And then um, sometimes I'll go through something with people. I call it like an omakase BDSM where I'm like, okay, we're just going to try a bunch of different things. And like, if you like this direction, we'll go in this direction. If you don't like it, we'll stop. Or, you know, and then if I'm feeling like particularly sassy and they want me to dominate them and they're like, well, I don't know what I want. And I say, okay, well, let's do financial domination. You give me $10,000 and leave. And they're like, oh, I don't want that. I'm like, okay. So I guess, you know, you what you want then like what do you want like you know because that's what I want you know so so looking for some takers on that one oh that's amazing uh what is what is financial domination for anybody who's like ears perked up like huh? yeah um so financial domination is um you know it's so weird to me to define because it 
it's like at like a, just glancing at it. And certainly through a lot of like cheesy articles on bustle, it just seems like you put up your cash app and like men give you like hundreds and thousands of dollars. Well, yeah, like it is, but it's not because you're like talking them into this money and you know, it's a lot of work. Like if you think you can do it, go try, like, you know, talk me into giving you a hundred bucks right now. Um, but it's, you know, it's sort of like, um, you know, it can be things like, yes, just like straight up money, you know, people will do different kind of draining games. So it's like, you know, maybe they'll give them like $10 a minute or $10 or retweet or something like that. Um, or, you know, a lot of gifts or just like, oh, I want to just give you this money. But it's like, it's a lot of work. Like, you know, I, you know, have certain or, or just like gifts or people um, like adopting bills for you, you know, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it, it's sort of um, turned into like its own own thing within like the, the BDSM realm. So obviously mostly with people are doing it for a living. It's not really a hobby, you know, as opposed to like, Oh, I really love foot fetish. I love people worshiping my feet. Like that's not like that could be professional or lifestyle, but like financial domination is like generally that is your job now. So yeah. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. How, how does somebody, so it sounds like there's many different forms of domination. Mm -hmm. How do you determine what is your form or style? as a pro dom um, in, oh, in just terms of, well, I mean, I think it's just, you know, trial and error and just like what, what is appealing to you and, and what you enjoy. You know, it's like, I have friends who are really into like the medical side of things or, you know, really heavy bondage scenes, stuff like that. You know, some people are just doing like financial dominatrix, uh, domination kind of things. Um, some people are doing like really light stuff. Like they're just doing like foot worship or sensual domination and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and in the discovery of your own persona and who Justine Cross is, did you, was there something that was enticing for you at first or is it more of, how did you get into that? Um, yeah, you know, I feel like I'm just like a jack of all trades, really. It's like, you know, because I, um, I find that the people who are coming to see me, it's like, I really do a variety of scenes, like really, really different kinds of things. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't really say that I'm known particularly for one thing, except for the fact that I'm very much like, like a package deal person where like the people who are coming to see me, they're like, oh, they're also the people who want to spend time with me outside of the studio. And they want to have dinner with me and have conversations with me because I'm not just a one trick pony that I know how to whip you. Like I want to discuss things with you and, you know, go to, you know, events or movies, or I've been invited to, you know, uh, like out of the country on like long trips and stuff because people want to spend time with me because I'm more, I don't want to say like companion because then that sounds like escort, which is fine. I'm not throwing shade, but it's just not like what I am, but it is like a companion BDSM person, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So it's, it's, I I think that that's what's happening. People like see me as like, um, not just an excellent, you know, someone, um, someone, uh, told me once they said, you know, you're very skilled. Like there's not a lot of I see a lot of doms and there's very few doms that are as skilled as you. And if they're as skilled as you, they're not as good looking as you. And also you're just like, cool, you know, they just want to hang with me. So, cause I'm mm-hmm. a real person and they admire and respect like, you know, my business and, you know, my sense of humor, I hope. So. Oh, you're hilarious. I love it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wouldn't want to hang out with you. You should. You're <laughs> doing it right now. Virtual. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just reflecting on um, the the moment that I discovered that I had a dominant personality or dominant persona, a part of me, because I had always identified as a sub since I started when I was 24. And, and and that was so easy for me to drop into. And it was so fun and exploring that. Um, and if you want to hear more about that story, check out episode number 67 with Erica Briones. And I talk about some of the things that I used to do, um, or I'm sorry, 47, episode 47. And it was maybe a year or two ago, I guess it was a couple of years ago that I was at this BDSM event and this guy came and I had these really sexy, super tall boots with all the chains, you know, on it. And this guy came up to me and he was like, do you stop? And I was like, in my head, I was like, uh, no, I don't dominate, you know? And, and then all of a sudden I had this switch in my head that was like, yes, you do. And I took my foot and I like put it on and pinned him to the ground. And I just continue to stomp on him. And for those of you who don't know what that means, that basically means walk all over them with your giant shoes and, and mm-hmm. yeah, trampoline. And, and, um, just saying really bitchy. I was a, such a bitch for the rest of the night. It was just this full on like powerful person. And I was like, I don't know where this came from, but this is fun. And I'm all about this now. And so for me, it was more of like this once somebody asked me mm-hmm. and allowing myself to permission to be that it just clicked on. Hot. See, then I'm like, good. Did you like charge him? Cause that's what I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. hundred bucks. Let's go. <laughs> well, I'm still working on that part. <laughs> yeah. That's um, yeah. Take their you, money. Yeah. yeah, I know. Okay. Okay. There's an edge for me right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably it's a little different because you're a per- per- professional uh, or, um, um, uh, therapist. And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit different. Yeah. And, um, That actually brings me to another question that you had brought up in your workshop, even of you had a client one time who said that they were ditching their therapist for Mm -hmm. a dominatrix. Yeah. Yeah. For a dominatrix. Yeah. Yeah. That was my client who wrote an article. You can check it out in the guardian, um, came out a few months ago about that. And she was referred to me by another person in the adult industry. And she said, you know, I think like this person, you know, needs your help and, and like, okay, fine. Like, let's talk about this and, and what they want. And I can talk about it because she wrote about an article about it. And so, um, I just took her through, you know, I was like, well, what do you think your problem? Cause I love telling people what to do and I'm really good at it. And so, you know, but I'm really good at making people's lives better. And like, you know, people who listen to me tend to do much better than people who do not. So, but, um, so we talked through several things about what, she was, she's a writer and she felt like she was blocked and like how to get like her life in order and get that on track and stuff. And so we went through a few things and I was like, well, you don't have a schedule, you don't have goals and you talk to your mom too much, which is, you know, generally the problem I find with most women. I'm like, you're talking to your mom too much. Just cut that the fuck out. So it really helps a lot of problems. Anyone's listening to me, it's usually your mom. So there's my free advice for today. Um, so we just like went through a few things and we, we had like one and like a half sessions. And then she's like, I'm, totally together. And part of it was like, she was seeing, um, a talk therapist that we sort of realized like was not ideal for her. Mm. And we didn't, we weren't like saying no talk therapy, only dominatrix, you know, even though obviously the dom is a lot more fun. Um, (laughs) because, you know, and I was talking through a lot of my friends are therapists and, you know, because with, with talk therapy, you're sort of, um, 
you're, it doesn't really behoove you to get your patient better because then they stop coming to you. (laughs) And also some people just want to come, you know, forever. And that's helpful too. But it's like with talk therapy and like, certainly I don't, I'm not under uh, certain moral or ethical obligations to, uh, not tell someone what to do. Even if you as a therapist, like clearly see what the problem is, like you need to help your patient get to that place. I don't have that. So I can just say, bitch, get a planner, which was like part of the the situation at hand, which was like that she wasn't organized. So um, it was interesting to, you know, talk about like additional things to help people. So anyway, so she's really great. She wrote this like article in the guardian. It like went viral. It's like super awesome. That article gave me the most hits to my website in the history of my website. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. And I love right now you're drinking out of a unicorn glass for anybody who can't see her right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have such a, you have such a powerful, uh, attitude about you. And even the way that you hold space in class is just like, "Mm, mm, mm." but then you also have this very playful, silly side of you that I love this, this, you know, juxtaposition of it, but you make it work so well. No. Well, thank you. Yes. Well, I mean, I'm like, I I said in the class, it's just like, yes, like I, I feel very powerful and dominant, but I'm not going to like dominate you and, you know, act like that way, just like off the cuff. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, when, when people meet me, they're like, Oh, Justine is just so nice, you know? I thought that. Well, you're not paying me to be mean to you. Like, why would I give my shit out for free? That's ridiculous. So, yeah. (laughs) I do the same thing when people ask me, are you analyzing me? And I'm like, no, you know how much brain power that takes to analyze you? Fuck that shit. (laughs) If you want to pay me like, you know, multiple thousands of dollars to do that analysis, great. Let's have a talk. But otherwise, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to chill out here. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. let me enjoy my party. Thank you. Mm-hmm. They want to be analyzed. See, they're like, Oh, what's wrong with me? And I'd be like everything. Here's my card. <laughs> like, yeah. Or go take a Buzzfeed quiz or something like go figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what do you think makes a good dominant? Uh, it's besides someone who took my class. Um, I mean, (laughs) you know, um, again, it's just about understanding yourself before you, you know, before you sort of dominate someone else and like understanding your boundaries and, you know, and obviously just doing things like having careful negotiations and making sure consent is in place. Um, and certainly not doing things that are dangerous to your dominant. Like, you know, there's, there are certain things that like people have asked me to do and, and I, couldn't do them because I wasn't trained to do them or I didn't feel safe doing them. And, you know, then I can refer them to somebody else or just say, oh, well, if you teach me how to do this thing, then I can do it to you or we can do a double and, you know, something like that. Um, you know, I say, I think it's basically that, you know, like safety and, you know, understanding what you're doing and, and also understanding that it takes a lot of trust and it's a really big deal for someone to, you know, give you their body and their fantasies to like play with. And it's like, you know, you have to take care of that um, and make sure that they're okay after and the aftercare and maybe sometimes after the aftercare, depending on what you've, uh, you know, negotiated and discussed. Mm, I think that's really important. And, and one thing I really want to highlight in there is the importance of a dominant also being able to honor and respect their own boundaries or have boundaries where I think, you know, the concept of boundaries is being talked about so much right now in mm-hmm. society, but it, I think it's, it feels tossed around like a buzzword that a lot of people don't quite understand what that means. Or even in this case, you know, how do dominants have boundaries? 
wouldn't that be, you know, more of a sub thing or I don't know, how do you? Well, I mean, I think that, um, yeah, it's like a lot of people don't have good boundaries. Um, <laughs> this is why they're in therapy, you know, um, uh, you know, and uh, it's like, I sort of joke, but I'm serious that like, you know, BDSM and, and being a professional dom has like really taught me everything. And it's like, I do have really good boundaries, um, you know, in my professional life, but also in my personal life. And it's like every day I just like see like the drama like unfold. I'm like, wow, that really sucks. I'm here. Like, you know, drinking my sparkling rosé on my couch and like, nah, bye, you know? And it's like, it's really hard for people to do this because I mean, it's very much entwined in like a family structure usually. Um, so we're not taught good boundaries. Um, you know, I think only maybe a year or two ago that there was like, um, a popular article or something going around about around the holidays, like, Hey, when your kids see their relatives, don't force them to hug them and kiss them. And that was huge because like it had never been discussed before. And it's like, we don't teach children that their bodies are their own. And then 20 years later, they're like, I have no boundaries. And what is a boundary? And I don't even know what that means because we've never been modeled that we've never been taught that we, we are seeing that modeled like through our parents, like, um, obviously usually, and you know, what that looks like and, and family structures. And then we grow up and we don't understand what they are, how to fix them. So I thought like having that come out was so positive and such a great idea because no one had really thought about it before. Um, and, uh, it, I, I think it did so much good. I hope. I know. I know it did good. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think having these conversations more and more so that people actually understand it and it's not just used and then a, as a deflector or, yeah, I've got my boundaries because I talk about it all the time, but then go and, and, you know, people please or, or give more than what's actually okay for them and end up doing harm. Yeah, definitely. I think that happens like all the time. And then this like builds up like, you know, resentment and like not feeling good. And, you know, um, uh, and then, you know, later, like it certainly happened to me where like people have like gone beyond their boundaries and I'm thinking everything's okay. And then all of a sudden there's like a blow up. I'm like, well, wait, like you were going along with this. Like I thought things were okay and now they're not. And I can't know that if I'm asking you and you don't answer, like, you know, or, or, you know, I, I think an enthusiastic yes is being given and it really wasn't from you, but it also would have been okay to like, you know, not or change or something. So it's like, you know, that's why I say first, like you have to know like what your own boundaries are, like what you're okay with. Um, and then also something I didn't quite go into the class, but it's also to give yourself permission to like fuck up and like realize, Oh, I didn't know that was a boundary or, Oh, I didn't know that was a trigger, but like, Oh, now I see it. And I'm going to give myself some space for that because like, as you start exploring these things and it'll be different with different people or like stuff will come up and you're like, Oh, I didn't know that was there. Oh, okay. Let me like take a minute and like, think about that. Like we have a lot of time right now. <laughs> so, um, you know, just, you know, thinking, just taking a little bit of time to think through those things. Yeah. Yeah. Which in and of itself is therapy. Like mm -hmm. I see that as more of is a very experiential way of learning these more complex ideologies of, of, um, psychology and social you know, relationships. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Amazing. Um, so here I've got a couple of questions from listeners. Mm -hmm. If anybody has followed, if, if anybody follows, if anybody follows me on Instagram, when <laughs> I take followers questions and I love to put them to my guest experts. Are you open to, are you consenting to answering questions from the audience? I love answering questions. I want to answer all the questions. I want to solve everyone's problems. Yeah. I love it. Lay <laughs> but it on. within your boundaries, obviously. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you have full consent to be able to say, no, I don't want to answer that. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> My boundaries are intact. You know, <laughs> I love saying no, no. <laughs> okay. Question number one is, uh, what's a strategy to bring it back to playful level if it gets taken too far or too intense? Oof. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a really great question. Um, again, I think a lot of this is something that needs to be discussed, oops, discussed beforehand as much as possible. Um, and this is where a place where you can use a word, um, that doesn't necessarily mean stop. That isn't like mercy, but you know, you could use like yellow or whatever word you want to use. That's not let's stop, but like, let's pause. Um, and I think that that's, uh, helpful, um, having, having a word like that. So Okay. So having a safe word, having a dialogue beforehand, what these words could mean mm -hmm. so that there's that clear communication so you don't break the scene. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And, and what if you go too far or like past that word and, and it sort of like jars somebody? You know, again, I think it's like that, that can happen and, you know, it will happen. Um, and hopefully you're playing with someone that you, you know, you trust and can like take you back from that point. Um, you know, and again, this is like why we play, um, with safe words. This is why we, you know, crawl before we walk. And a lot of us really love crawling. Um, you know, it's like, we want to, uh, you know, even the first time I play with someone, I'm not going to take them so far unless they have like really good references. And, you know, I really suss them out, but I've been doing this for a really long time. Like I, if you're new to playing or new to a person, like I'm, you probably just don't have as much experience as me based on like how often I've been playing consistently over a 10 year period, over a 10 year period. Um, you know, go slower, you know, mm. um, you can only go as fast as the slowest person. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so give yourselves time, you know, because I think that that trust builds up because then it's like, if you do something like, you go so far, then you have to build up that trust again versus like, okay, like, you know, instead so, as opposed to going from like zero to 60, okay, we're going to go zero to 20 this time. Okay. We're going to wait a week. We're going to discuss that. We're going to see how that feels. Okay. Now we can go from zero to 30. And then it's like incrementally, it's like, then you have building up all that trust. If you go from zero to 60 and you're like, ah, it's fucked up. You got to start back at zero again. Mm. So, um, I would just go slowly, um, and, and increase the intensity of play. Yeah. And probably I can imagine attuning to your partner. So even if they don't access the words, you know, seeing, checking them, um, I, I'm, I'm just thinking of if somebody, uh, you know, has this frozen effect, you know, and they freeze and then oh. like, but the, because you're being present to them, you can hold them or connect with them mm -hmm. or say words that might be soothing to them to be able to help them shift out. Yeah. And I think that's also something that happens in the pre-negotiation, which I believe is also on my kink negotiation worksheet, which is, you know, what does it look like when you're having a good time? You know, are you screaming? Are you crying? Are you laughing? Are you frozen? Like, what does it look like when you're having a bad time or a panic attack? Like, you know, but it's like, it's, it's both people's responsibility 
to negotiate and talk about those things fully before the scene. It's not just the subs fall, um, you know, responsibility. It's not just the Dom's fall, uh, responsibility. It is both people's responsibility to discuss these things. And, you know, I think this is when we get into these situations where it's like, you know, um, in regards to the Me Too movement, it's like, you know, the Harvey Weinsteins of the world are absolute predators and sociopaths. Like there's no preventing that except for like a toppling a patriarchal system that allowed that to exist and happen. You know, we're in these conversations, we're trying to prevent Aziz and Zaris where no one is discussing it. No one is talking about what's happening. And then one person's upset and one person's confused. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this is happening constantly. It's both people's responsibility. Uh, of course, in, obviously in regards to a, a, an extremely famous person, you know, like Kobe or Aziz, there is an additional layer of responsibility because you're a famous man. Of course there is. But in general, I'm talking about a situation where two people need to discuss what they want and what they don't want and what that looks like. Mm, I love that. It's very empowering. You're creating agency and consent um, environment for everybody to feel empowered there. Yeah. Okay. The second question is how a natural sub can embrace their domination side. (laughs) Uh, Well, I hope it's because they want to. Um, Yeah. I I mean, you know, what I, what I talk through in my workshop is, you know, finding that place inside yourself where it's like, okay to, um, you know, uh, punish someone or to, to feel like the bitch or to feel like that dominant person. And like, you know, it's when I worked through it with a couple before I asked her, you know, well, what did he do this week? Like, how did he like fuck up? Like, what do you mean? Okay. Well, like, Oh, like, did he not do the dishes? Did he not make the bed? Oh, he didn't, you know, do the dishes. Okay, fine. So now you're like angry. So now it's like adjacent to that anger. (laughs) You are going to find that place where it's like, yeah, I really want to hit them because they didn't do the dishes but you're not going to hit them in anger. You're going to take that paddle or your hand and say, I am feeling empowered and dominant. And I know that I can punish you for this thing that you didn't do in this realm of BDSM play. I'm not really going to like be like, ah, you didn't take the dishes and like hit you and stuff. It's like, I mean, <laughs> another level, um, you know, just in the initial finding your submissive side. And also it's like, you know, I know a lot of people who really truly identify as submissive but their partner really wants to be Dom. So they've worked out a complicated thing in their head that like they're being submissive by being dominant to their partner because that's like what their partner wants. So mm-hmm. that's like another, you know, sort of um, layer. Um, yeah. way to look at it as well. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. That's such a good idea. Okay. The last question, how do you think about, or what do you think about incorporating swinging with BDSM? Should these two mix? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think that they're becoming more and more entwined. <laughs> um, you know, I, <laughs> um, you know, I think that, um, you know, I, I don't go out so much in the swinger community. Um, I have friends that do, and actually one of my friends is, is a pretty famous Dom and she, but she's super into swinging. And, you know, once they found out she was a Dom, they're like, Oh, well, can you do this stuff here? And she's like, yeah, but this is like my fun life and like my personal life. So I don't want to do this. So, but people are getting, you know, BDSM is like really fun and cool to look out. So people want to like check it out, you know, I mean, but again, it's like, I always hope that the, the tenants of BDSM about like boundaries and consent and negotiation are already happening in the swinger community. So it's like from there, then we can go into these other, you know, things. I mean, swingers tend to be very, um, you know, sort of heterosexual, um, 
you know, couples that are wife swapping or husband swapping. And then it's like, okay, well, we have the parts that we want to fit inside other parts, but then with BDSM, it can get a little more complicated because it's like, wait, who's the sub and who's the dom? And do we all want a sub or all do we dom and, and stuff like that? So again, I think it's just figuring out what's working for everyone and are, are people, some people are going to be a voyeur or, you know, some people are going to watch the action. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And for anybody who's curious about the kink negotiation sheet, we're going to include a link below in the show notes so that you can access that from her website so that you can get started in this conversation with your lover or lovers as many, <laughs> as many times, as many people as you need to. Um, and I, I, I think this is such a powerful way. I think all of us need to be having these types of conversations, not just kink, maybe perhaps you're not into kink, but this is an um, this is inspiring to have these conversations of what are you okay with? What do you want? What, what doesn't feel good? And so that you can begin co-creating the exact type of sex life that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and totally. And it's like, it's something to, to start looking at, even if there isn't someone that you are being physically intimate with, or even intimate with virtually, it's like good to have like a check-in and think like through how you feel and, and what you think that you would like to do and, and what, you know, it's good to sort of answer these questions for yourself even before you might have a chance to actualize them. Mm, Yeah. And for more, so this was loaded with so much amazing, juicy information from Mistress Justine Cross. And for more great episodes on the topic of kink and BDSM, because this is one of my favorite topics to dive into. I mean, <laughs> can't help it. Um, check out Eat, Play, Sex episodes number 47 with Erica Briones and 49 with Galen Foust. Uh, you'll even hear more personal stories about me on my journey through BDSM and uh, my sexual liberation there. So Mistress Justine Cross, how can people find out more about you? Where can they go? Yeah, um, we'll definitely first just go to my website, which is losangelesdominatrix.com. You can also follow me on Instagram as the Justine Cross. Um, and, you know, I will have all the, you know, we, we're going to be having virtual classes. Um, we have stuff scheduled for the next few months, and that is always through Eventbrite. It is going to be online. <laughs> so you can find that at losangelesbdsmevents.com. And I'm also recording some of those classes and putting them up on and something called Gumroad, which you'll link to. Um, mm-hmm. And there'll be replays available for that, as well as like the download of the free kink negotiation worksheet. And um, all of the classes are sliding scale and making them really accessible to everyone, um, you know, during these odd times. So I look forward to seeing people and connecting with them virtually, you know, all virtually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I highly cannot recommend your class enough. It was really fun. It was playful. You couldn't see me, but I even dressed up for your, for your uh, like, my harness. Oh yeah. I guess people didn't know if it was Zoom. I know. <laughs> There's too many people to do a Zoom. So I, I just do Crowdcast because it's like, yeah, better for questions and stuff. So I know I kind of miss seeing people, but then I'm just looking at myself and I'm like, God damn, I'm fine. You know? Yeah, no, she came in in this like silver harness and this like badass boss um, blazer. I was like, yes, queen. Yes. Get it. Did you take a picture of yourself from that day? I did actually. Yes. I had oh, a, you, have to say, yeah. you should have posted it. i been like, I'm all dressed up for Justine's class. Oh my God. I didn't realize that. Oh, well, you regrets. can now. Regrets. Oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, but it's a little review of how amazing it was. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I want to hear about all of your personas, everybody out there, everybody who's listening right now. If you decide to take this on, do you decide to take this challenge on? I want to hear about your persona. I want to hear about who this name that you this character that you come up with, what she or he wears, he, they wear and and tell me all about how that uh, exploration goes. Be sure to leave a review for eat play sex because this helps me gain points in the spot then in the podcast stratosphere and i love hearing about your lessons so thank you so much mistress justine cross for joining me today yes thank you so much for having me kat and lovers i want to thank you again for tuning in go to eatplaysex.com for more on how you can uh, up your play with all the fun guides that we have for you because my goal here is to help you to eat play and sex better so you can improve your sex life which will improve every aspect of your life Mm, i'll see you next time on eat play sex thanks for tuning in lovers don't forget to subscribe to the channel you can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out eatplaysex.com until next time Don't forget to nourish your sex life.